0: And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this: you need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now you can check out the new and improved quick bets And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to Off Guard. My name is Austin Rivers. Alongside of me is my co-host Pasha Hagigi. What's up my guy? Back for another episode, a
2: new week. What's happening? I'm doing good, man. I've been, actually I have been sick for the last couple days. Uh, people say it's allergies, but I'm, this is my flu game for sure. I'm not feeling, <laughs> I'm not, I'm battling out here.
1: Do you, you have you the flu? I thought you were... You, you told me that you were going to go to a Jazz uh, uh, Magic game earlier.
2: No, 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 no. I was battling it the last few days. I'm feeling good now. And after... Yeah, after we we uh, get done recording here, I'm going to go to the Jazz Magic, it's, which I think that's like the 2028 NBA Finals. Yeah,
1: that game sounds, sounds incredible to go to. I would love, <laughs> enjoy that game.
2: It's the rookie of the year versus an all-star game starter. Laurie marketing. so...
1: Anytime those type of teams play where, like, the game is, like, awkwardly being played for Victor, I, I, I would rather not watch.
2: I don't... I, I don't know if they're playing for Victor. They might be playing for, like, a Thompson twin or something, but I don't know if Victor's in play for those teams.
1: Victor's in play for everybody. Anybody with a losing record, Victor's in play for, no?
2: For sure. I think... I just feel like he's going to the Spurs. I think it's, like, meant to be... I could picture him in a Spurs uniform.
1: Is that the market... By the way, do you have any thoughts on conspiracies and like control of where they want? Like, do you really think it's, you know, they... they
2: well, so the NBA was in charge ball. of the Hornets. Right, like the NBA was in charge of the Hornets, right? They were, they were running the Hornets when they got Anthony Davis, got the number one pick. Um, I don't know, would Cleveland have gotten it three out of four years after LeBron left if it was rigged? I, I don't know. It's tough to say. And I know & Young is in charge of the draft. I don't think they would put their name out there if it was rigged. So,
1: do you, th- you think it's rigged? No, I mean it's just I don't know. I, would you want Victor in San Antonio?
2: Um, I think that would be a good place for him. I do not want him in Houston. I don't think that's like the best place. But I think, are you saying that in terms in of just Antonio? culture
1: or environment currently, the climate there?
2: I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily love Houston's young core. They're they're super talented. I don't love what I'm seeing. Uh, I don't know what's go- really going on over there, but San Antonio, yeah, that, that, that's. I feel like you're made for success when you get drafted over there, so that'd be a good place for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, does that does that extend Pop's Pop, Pop Pop's not retiring with with Vic coming there? No,
2: I don't know. I mean, does we, he we, see we, him and see Tim time... all
1: over again? <laughs> was... No, oh. how about?
2: I mean, how? <laughs> I think Pop should go somewhere and drink some wine and relax. I don't think he's gonna. St- it's gonna be years until Vixen is prime, you know, maybe competing for titles. I don't think Pop's gonna make it for that. I don't see that. But if you could hand it off and maybe have Tim Duncan mentor, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, did you see Jake Paul running from Floyd Mayweather? I recently just after the heat. Game? I
1: recently just saw the video. I don't understand what's going on in the video. I just the the way he just takes <laughs> off and runs at the end is is pure comedy. With that being said, I don't know how many people would stick around. Uh, it wasn't like it was Jake and Floyd in a hallway, just those two. And he ran. It was it was Floyd and like fifteen of his uh, just gargantuan sized security that he keeps is unnecessary. And I, I listen, I love Floyd. He's a friend. He's a, he's a hall of famer. Obviously, he's one of the best uh, boxing champions that we've ever had. With that being said, his security that he runs with you could argue it causes more attention and brings more attention to him than uh, it does actually secure him. I mean, he walks around with, like this massive crowd of people If that crowd was facing me and wanting to hurt me. I don't, I don't understand what Jake could have possibly done there uh, other than run. If he had like those size guys trying to uh, trying to get to him. I also don't understand what, what Floyd's doing. If, if I'm a guy who's made close to a billion dollars in boxing and have the resume I had, like, I, I just wouldn't even be caught in a lifetime arguing with someone like Jake,
2: let alone. He's been in controversy though. And like these kind of battles since he can remember. So I feel like this is all yeah, I guess. Yeah. His
1: people, some people think it's rigged. Some people think they're setting up another, like, you know, you know, how like the little boxing expedition they had with Logan and, and, and Floyd. People think they're doing the same thing with Jake and, and Floyd and trying to create like actual fake beefs. And remember they took his hat the one time and it was like that whole thing. Like, bro, it's a joke. I, I don't know. I don't find it entertaining. Nonetheless,
2: I do agree, though. If there's a bunch of people, you know, coming at me, I'm I'm running for sure. No one's ever said, wow, that guy got beat up by eight people. He's a real hero. Like, he is tough. Like, I- I'm 100% running.
1: I mean, yeah, John Wick is the last person I've ever seen uh, beat up eight people handedly in a room with no problems.
2: But I did see you approach an entire bench of players against the Magic. And everyone's so. everyone's as built as far- different. Everyone's built different. <laughs> One person's running away from a group of people. I saw you approach a bench of players. I, I, so. I didn't say you did. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, let's get to some basketball <laughs> stuff. The biggest news in the last week since we last spoke, um, the John Morant drama. I feel like people have been talking about it to about you know to death yeah. at this point. We've heard everyone ha- you know share their opinion on yeah. it. Yeah, you know, do you have anything that you know you kind of want to add to it or just an unfortunate incident and hope he yeah, gets help? I mean, you guys?
1: Well, people are acting like he's like diagnosed with like some type of mental sickness that he needs help, like he's just young and. Right now, it could be a little bit misguided. Sometimes, getting that much power, fame, and money all very fast in one couple of years, period of time, could be a lot for a player to handle. Especially when you and your dad are kind of going through it. I think even T's had to adjust his life. You know what I mean? He went from just being a guy who was helping his son try to get somewhere, and now his son's like a global superstar, and like he's also living this life as well. Uh, you know, so adjustments have to be made. They've definitely gone about things not maybe the best way. With that being said, I don't want people to like overreact in terms of trying to diagnose Jaws character. I think this is more from what we're seeing is a just immaturity and just youth. I don't know Jaw super well, but I know him well enough to know he's not a bad guy. He's actually a pretty damn good guy. His, his father's a good guy as well, T. Uh, they just got a lot going on right now. Sometimes you're just doing a little too much and you might just need to like take a step back and like learn from stuff. I think we've all been there, especially when we're younger. I know I have Uh, Jaws also at a microscope, you know, he is part of this new social wave. It comes with everything. You know, when this guy scores, he dances, you know I mean? He's in the club. He goes on Instagram live, you know, these aren't things that I would do or a lot of other players do, but this is that new wave of, of, of players. These guys have grown up with social media, Uh, so they are way more interactive with them. And there's a lot of good with that because they get to reach out to fans a lot, but because of that, you're, you're making yourself very, very vulnerable. You know what I mean? And if the fact was, if he was never on his live in that club, he would have never gotten in trouble, not condoning him having a gun in the club. I'm not condoning him having a gun, walking around with it, period, especially while drinking, but it is crazy out here. Every day I turn on the news and I see something horrific happen. God forbid that happened to anybody I know. I can't blame him for wanting to be secure and have a weapon, but it's a different thing when you're drinking and you're on your phone in the club and waving it around. So it was, it was a weird thing. You know what I mean? I, I I hope the NBA is not too harsh on him and not trying to make an example out of him. I hope they go about it in the way where they're trying to actually help the guy and just get him the right guidance in terms of how to move. But in terms of his character and who he is and his soul and what type of player he is, like that—that that shouldn't be into question. He's just—just just young man. He's just making some mistakes right now. Uh, these are all be a part of his growth, just like we've seen with all players. I don't think there's ever been a player that you've seen that hasn't gone through some type of, you know, turbulence early on in their career. And the fact is, if there was cameras and social media back when your favorite beloved stars played in the '90s and in the '80s and even in the early 2000s, we would have tons more of these issues.
2: That's a, that's a really good point you made, by the way. Uh, The guys in the eighties and nineties, they weren't as accessible and they didn't have the, as cool as it is that we know what, you know, LeBron's eating on a Tuesday and we're so into these people's lives. You're not going to love everything you see, um, from these guys. Uh, back in the day, like in the nineties, I used to love NBA inside stuff with Ahmad Rashad and he would have this five minute clip of him following around an NBA player and you would learn just a little bit about that guy's life. I remember they followed Stephon Marbury in Minnesota when he played for the Timberwolves, and I thought that was so cool. I was like, "Wow, man, I'm learning a little bit about Stephon." Nowadays, you know everything about everybody, and it's just so there's so it's so accessible. It is. It's and, it's, it's yeah. very yeah.
1: very everything's out there, and it, it, there's a good things and bad things about that. And Jaws learning, I think, right now how to handle that better. I think in terms of who he is as a character, I think Joff ja, ja knows who the fuck he is, man. This whole thing where like I'm seeing, and I have nothing respect for Shannon Sharp and a bunch of other people. But the guys on TV saying that he doesn't know who he is or don't try to be this. I don't think he's trying to be anything. He's not. I think he has qualities and I think uh, qualities is the wrong word. I think he has just character habits with some of the people that he hangs out with, where sometimes he can be something. And I'm not saying it's, 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 uh, you know, a uh, fraudulent behavior that he's acting in where he's not being himself, but he's hanging around people. And like you said, a lot of his friends are probably from those areas and they listen to music, this, this, this in the club, they have some drinks. Next thing, you know, you know, he's feeling himself in a way and like flashes a gun because he's, he's young, man. Like that, that's all it is, bro. I don't know. I I hope he gets all right, man. Uh, the league's better with the best players on the floor. It's bottom line. And Jaws, jo, a good kid. He didn't hurt anybody at the end of the day. Thank God. He's okay. His, his dad's okay. They just, uh, you know, like I said, man, everybody needs help at some point in their career. This might be a little speed bump in the road for, for Ja, for him to get past. Nike's sticking with them, which is interesting considering that they dropped Kai and then they signed this guy. Yeah. And within like the first couple months, this is going on. So <laughs> it's pretty interesting for them. Uh, I mean, what is your take on that? Uh, that's,
2: I mean, with Adidas, with Kanye and Nike, with Kyrie and now Ja, it's, it's tough out there. but. I mean, what are you gonna do? I, I, I have a question for you. The I know you guys have a rookie transition program when you get drafted. They talk about you know don't do this. This is how people go broke. Stay away from these girls. Yada yada yada. Is there anything else that there are for young players? Because the league's getting younger, like you said. Is there anything else to kind of you know throw some knowledge at these young guys and help them? Because it is a lot of money coming to a guy to guys at a young age.
1: I don't really know what you can do. You know how much a player gets out of a seminar where they're listening to someone talk for an hour or two hours Half of those kids tune a lot of that stuff out. Um, you know, it, a lot of it is just how you're raised, man. Like I, you know, and, and, or if you not that, if it's not that it's the people that you have placed around you in the moment, who, who, what team has been built around you. I think the NBA, if anything should start like maybe possibly looking into like the qualifications to work with players, the qualifications to, in terms of management, this, that. Like I, I don't know how you could even go about that, but I think the better people you put around young players uh specifically, you know, the better outcome you'll have. Uh you are who you hang with. And a lot of times these guys go to these meetings, but they have once, you know, they have it like one rookie s- seminar meeting. Yeah, isn't
2: that the one? I think that's the one that Michael Beasley got caught with weed. I don't want yes. to think that's what happened. Yeah, like yeah, that was the same yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's true. And I don't need Michael Beasley coming after me or anything like that. Something but. like that. I don't but know yeah, what it was, so. but yeah. yeah. It, well, first
1: off during that time, that's when it was a couple of years prior to when I got in the league. That's when they used to have the, 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 the meeting up in um, Jersey up in, um, oh man. Secaucus. No, it was such a, it was, it wasn't the greatest of areas and it wasn't like you couldn't do anything. You weren't around and leave the hotel. I think they've changed some of these rules now. I think now it's in like Vegas. Or something—it's something ridiculous. It's something (laughs) rookie transition
2: in Vegas. I don't
1: know where it's at now. I I know it's not in there. I know it's not in uh, Jersey anymore. But but yeah, it's that meeting, and again, it's like speech to speech to speech to to speaker after a certain amount of time. And your average twenty-one-year-old—they are—I don't even know if they're capable of taking all this information and actually retaining it after like minute forty-five. It is going through one ear and not the other. Uh, So I mean, so. I don't know how much help they get out of that, but
2: a buddy of mine suggested they should do some kind of a program where a player that's retired gets assigned a lottery pick and it's kind of their mentor. Um, And he can kind of, you know, he's been there before and he can help these players out. And also at the same time, it gives some retired players maybe a job in the NBA because some of them need something like that too. And that could be something where imagine if Ray Allen was a lottery, uh, you know, someone like that is. A lottery pigs mentor and he could be like hey stay away from this this is what happened to me don't do that but a program like that could help i don't know if NBA even has anything like that you would they, that...
1: they don't have anything like that they do have a lot of former players that come during the season and you have mandatory meetings with the nba and they'll like they'll have one a financial meeting one will be about drugs and alcohol and opiate abuse one will be about uh you know uh, managing the people around you uh one is just about women uh you know just to really like help guys navigate what to stay away from, what to look, look about. And they'll have former players be there and give their number out to guys like, hey, reach out to me. It's hard to force a relationship on somebody. And as you know, as a man, a lot of times men are very prideful beings. And it's hard for someone, especially who's already getting so much success in that moment to admit that they need any help. It's usually too late by the time that a lot of these guys outsource and call someone like, yo, I, I'm in, you know, I need help. It's, they usually are already in a jam at that point or already facing the repercussions of bad choices. So I, I, I don't know what they could do. I think your idea is a pretty good idea where maybe like they get assigned to them and, you know, but again, you can't force or make anybody be in a relationship with anybody. And I say relationship, I mean, friendship or guidance counselor, however you want to really tag that. So, but that's not a bad idea though. I don't mind that Posh.
2: Did did your, did your father ever just, um, when you got drafted, say, Hey, like, I did he he didn't really have to, man. You he, just, kind of he just to-
1: led by example. I, You know, I. that's the privilege. The biggest uh, uh, privilege I got in, in my life growing up was not how much money, you know, or how famous, you know, my dad was or had. That, that stuff was... Uh, I don't take that stuff for granted, you know, having a bed to sleep in, you know, uh, food on the table, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those, those are unbelievable privileges that I had. The biggest privilege that I had was... I had two parents uh, who showed me you, the way of how to be a man, you know, uh, the things to to do, not do, what's right, what's not right. So those conversations between me and my mom and my dad really weren't ever needed in terms of uh, how to be able to handle being an NBA player because I got to see it every day. I woke up and uh, I got to see my parents move, how they addressed people, how they respected people, how they protected themselves, how they were able to move and helped me become, you know, a young man able to uh, handle early on success at 18 years old. And even then, I still hit a bunch of road bumps early on in my career, man. I mean, I, there's a lot of moments uh, my first couple of years in New Orleans where I'm like, you know what, I wish I would have done that differently. But that's all part of, you know, life, right? So
2: that's that, that you don't have to be an athlete to have those moments. Right. I have things. I exactly, wish I would really exactly. It, so I talking, everyone has those. Things, yeah, yeah. So. It's just part of it. For man. Sure. It's part of it. Switching gears. I, I don't know if you saw, I'm pretty sure you saw Kevin Durant slip during uh, pregame, some warm ups last night. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. What did you think about that? It didn't look that serious when it happened. It looks like he might be out for well, a while. Well, you never time. know. I mean,
1: some of the most horrific injuries today in the NBA are injuries that are even non contact. You know, obviously the uh, Achilles injury itself, usually it looks like nothing happens and the guy is, you know, horrifically injured somehow. So it didn't look that serious, but it also was awkward. You know, the way his ankle twisted and the way his body gave out like that, it was scary to see. I'm glad it's nothing too serious, but they're saying, you know, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, Suns aren't in any worry of not making the playoffs. So I don't think they'll, uh, they'll be fine. And he's, if there's any player who could just come back and compliment a team like that, it, it, it would be KD. You see how quickly he was flourishing already with the Suns in his first few games with them. So I, you know, I, I think if they get him back for playoffs, they'll, they'll be just fine. Uh, but this still does hurt chemistry. You know, it, it was still like these 10, 15 games to build with him.
2: I will say, like you said, though, the chemistry thing, he's, you know, we gave him that compliment already last episode. He's one of those guys that you just plug he in did, on. But he could team. go in any
1: team. He's so skilled and natural of a scorer. He's so gifted and efficient. More importantly, as a scorer, that it's just so easy for him to go in a team and just do what he does. Uh, he's probably the most complimentary player in the NBA. He really is. Uh, he's a guy that you don't have to put a whole system around and he'll dominate a game. There's not a lot of guys that you could really do that with, especially superstars. Uh, specifically, those guys are very uh, tailored, tailor-made. Every team is tailor-made around their best player. And like Kevin is one of those guys that like, he really is like a, a, a mercenary for hire, man. Like he's just a guy that you, you, you pay max money to come and be a star on your team. And he can just come do that no matter how many games it is. He has that ability to do so. So he'll be fine with the Suns. Um, that's crazy. That's why I never was a one foot jumper. I, 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 growing up, I, early on when I was young, I could jump off both feet, uh, two feet or one feet pretty easily. And I jumped off two feet so much because my worry was just going at a certain speed and you jump off one, your leg giving out. And I've seen some of the worst injuries happen that way. And I, I've never seen
2: you dunk one hand, one,
1: one but that's why it happened early on is because I never wanted that to happen. And ironically enough, I I take it back because dunking off one feet is so much more easier going full speed or like going to the basket, like jumping off two feet. You have to have time and space and like dunk on someone off two feet in the NBA. Like you have to have insane bounce. You know what I mean? Like different bounce. It's different. Uh, where like one feet, you could really catch somebody slipping. You could
2: sneak dunk a lot of guys. Have you ever dunked on anyone in the NBA? Because I know in high school your mixtape was bonkers. That question—that question
1: is mad disrespectful. Um, I took that personally.
2: I'm sure I'm just I'm just I'm just taking I'm taking I'm, taking, four I'm four four. taking that personally. The, the answer I'm is sure yes. The myself. answer is yes.
1: But yeah, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Not a lot. I, I, maybe like a couple. <laughs> all, all, all BS aside, I haven't dunked a lot of people hey. in the NBA. No, uh, I do got a couple bodies here and there. A lot of my stuff has just been. Within the game, transition, fast breaks, or even if it is in the motion of an offense it hasn't really been on somebody, I've only had like a couple bodies, um, but nonetheless, I got mine. I got some, and I have more left. I might, I might sneak a couple people in the next couple of years.
2: Who knows? That'd be exciting. Have you ever seen anyone get injured before during pregame like that?
1: I saw Joe Green get hurt pregame. He he dunked on he did, he. We were in warm up lines, and he did like a. Threw the ball up, in a windmill, and he dunked the ball so hard that his wrist, he had like a laceration on his wrist and it was like swollen and stuff and he was out for the game. That's the only time. In terms of like someone jumping and slipping like that, no, I haven't seen
2: that. Yeah, well, Gerald Green, by the way, I'm talking about dunkers, maybe some of the, maybe the most hops I've ever seen in my life.
1: He's definitely up there.
2: Him, James White, remember James White?
1: James White actually he, works here in Minnesota. He works for our team. Oh, yeah? yeah? So I see him all the time. Right. People have no, it's crazy. It's like, I'm in the practice facility. And Anthony Edwards is like, who's that? I'm like, James White. He's like, who's James White? I'm just like, man, y'all, like, these guys have no idea. <laughs> they like missed that. They like YouTube and social media was right before this guy's era of like jumping from the oh, free throw line, doing between the legs. He was like the Zach Levine obviously didn't have the game Zach had, but in terms of jumping ability, he had Zach Levine type jumping ability. Like he would jump from the free throw line, do between the legs, like just kind of ill, not, you know, you don't see type before shit. It's just...
2: Yeah, no, pl- real real guys know. People we know. know Me and you know. Way. Yeah, flight yeah. way. Yeah, come on. Did you see Fred VanVleet last night after the game? He In the uh post-game press conference, he he was like, I'm going to take the fine. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This ref sucked. and Kind of just aired it out. Yeah. I know you've felt that way before after a game. You probably didn't do it the way he did it. But did you see that?
1: It's tough because in the moment of emotions, it's, it's especially as a player, you like anything, you take things personal. So when you see or when you feel that, you know, calls weren't going your way or they weren't right or even in your mind at the time, fair, right? That's what you feel. It's it's really hard to to speak objectively and, and, and like say something positive about the officiating right after a game. Uh, and then you'll watch the game back and you can understand that calls could go either way, you know, and that there was so much that could have gone right in the game. Or you know, better in the game for why you won, or something didn't go your way. Has officiating this year been a little bit different than usual? I do think so. I think the officiating has 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 changed, but I don't know if it's the officials' fault or if it's the way the game is wanting to be called. I don't think. I think this is a combination of not just the refs, but also the way the NBA wants the NBA to be played. Uh, more fouls, more shots, more threes, faster pace. It's extremely. It's extremely difficult to guard players in the NBA now. It's, it's so funny that a lot of former players always talk about how it's so much harder to, to play back in the 90s and 2000s when you could literally grab somebody and hand check them with their arm. I, I wish I could guard the players that I guarded today's day and put a hand on them and be able to guide them with my body movements. You cannot touch anybody now. And if anybody flops, especially after a jump shot, if it's a superstar, you could bet they're getting three calls. It's very difficult to 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 compete sometimes against some of these guys in the way it's being officiated. I can understand Fred's frustration. I think everybody does. I think the fans do. I think even the fans who aren't even in the game can watch from the outside and understand that the officiating this year has been, uh, you know, maybe, I don't want to say not the best, but it's just been different, man. I, it's the best, do you think the that's a good I can say thing? That I'm, that fine. I'm, I'm trying not to get fined here.
2: No, no. For sure. Do you think it's the, do you think the last two minute report, do you think that's been a good thing for afterwards? They said, you know, we missed this call. We did that. Or is that just kind of salt? I don't know what that
1: point is. What difference does it make? It doesn't change anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything.
2: Yeah. What really, what really, what really bothers me is when they
1: review, when they review a call and they still get it fucking wrong. That happens all the time. They'll review the call. They'll see, they'll go in the booth looking through a camera at like 10 different angles and still make the call wrong. It's frustrating. I'm getting frustrated talking about it right now. You can see it. It's Yeah, great. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to switch topics before I get like, fine like here. We, we yeah, I don't even want to get into that. I also think that there's a lot of young officials right now. And, you know, that's also, there's a learning curve with that. We just talked about it with basketball players and how they have to learn their stripes. And I think the same thing with officials, uh, the younger they are, sometimes the harder they are to talk to uh, just because they're kind of short tempered and they have something to prove. So I think it's it's, an, it's a bond. I think uh, we got a lot of young officials that still need to grow just as young players do. So hopefully it gets better. Um, I try not to focus on it because you just have no control. You can't even talk about it. It's like talking about the mafia. It, you know, they'll find you or come for you. I don't, I don't even want that smoke right now. So that's the last thing I need.
2: You're super heated right now. Speaking of people getting heated, did you see Kendrick Perkins and JJ Reddick go after it on ESPN the other day? And... It was about Jokic and voters being racist. Well, yeah, that, that's that. that's
1: a hell of a card to play for Perk, um, considering that like ninety-eight or ninety-nine percent of former MPs have been black. I, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really know about that one. I guess his point is when they do get a good white player. I say white; he's foreign, but whatever. Of the skin color, white, that they, I think his point is. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Is that it's automatic or they run with it? And, People felt the same. These are the same type of emotions that we got when Steve Nash went twice over Kobe, by the way. This is the same type of stuff that people were saying then. Uh, but, I mean, come on, man. Uh, Jokic, is, Jokic is dominating the NBA for the past three four years. Is it really out of pocket to, to have him as one of the frontrunners for being an MVP? No. Do I think he's the only answer to being an MVP? No, I don't. I think Joel Embiid has every right. Jason Tatum has every right and Giannis has every right to feel like they're the MVP. All four of them. Uh, Jason Tatum.
2: Jason. Maybe when the Celtics had the best record, I feel like now. I mean. The Bucks have the best they're record. They're like three games
1: behind. Best. They're like three games behind, man. Like,
2: I know. And I just don't, I don't know. I think it's definitely between Giannis, Joel, and Jokic. My it's been only the same issue three for is, the past five years. My only issue is if Jokic goes, you know, he three-peats. What are we going to say 10 years down the road when, you know, this guy won three straight MVPs, but he has never mentioned when we say who's the best player in the NBA right now. Never. I've heard KD. I've heard Steph after last year's finals. Definitely heard Giannis, Joel. I've never heard anyone say, yeah, the best player in the NBA is Jokic. And he's going to win three straight MVPs without ever being the best player in the NBA. That's how you get, by the way, that's how you get when you look back, why did Kobe only win one MVP? Why did Shaq only win one MVP? Why did LeBron only get four? Stuff like this. You fall, I, I, like, Sometimes you got to give it to the best player. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I agree in some aspects. You take Jokic off the Nuggets. They're not even in the, they'd be a lottery team. You know, uh, same could be said for Joe. Same could be said for Giannis. I do think that, the, the, that award could go either way to any three of them. I mean, all three of them deserve the award. It's really tough. Uh, I'd probably go with, Because even Joel, because Jokic is one, two, I I personally would probably give it to to Joel Embiid just for the fact that he's dominated the NBA as well, just as much as Jokic the past however many years and hasn't been able to get one. They're almost what the first seed in the East, a couple games away. They've had a remarkable season. Um, I I do believe uh, Joel Embiid should be in the conversation for MVP, but not just in the conversation. I think he should be the front runner. I think, uh, uh,
2: well, like for Jokic, everyone says uh, Jokic should get it. His team's winning the West. But the Bucs have the best record in the NBA. So wouldn't that... How come Giannis yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Giannis, Giannis that? could easily be too. I mean,
1: Giannis is... But I think all three of them are there. I think that's Perk's point. He's like, why are y'all just such a scratch-off, just automatic Jokic MVP when you have two guys that are having just as good a season, if not better, and their team's records are just as good, if not better?
2: Well, Jokic is averaging a triple-double, but I thought years ago we decided triple-doubles where everyone gets a now. It, is, it, well, it is. It's
1: not impressive when Russ does it. Look
2: what you guys, and by the way, look what you guys have That's what people Giannis say, by the doing. way. The other, the other, yeah, the other day, Giannis had to miss a fake shot or whatever at the end of the game just to get a triple-double because we're over here like praising that Jokic averages a triple-double. Now Giannis has to get in the mix <laughs> to try to get a triple-double yeah, to that get was, some votes that was here.
1: comedy uh
2: that was crazy very shout out to ricky davis by the way
1: You was crazy as i saw ricky davis today <laughs> what? yeah really i didn't and i didn't recognize because he was bald and i remember Ricky with like the zigzag braids you know my pops coached him for in sure. uh in, in boston for a little bit and i remember seeing him i'm like what's up man and then i looked at him i was like ricky he's like what's up i'm like <laughs> what's up bro uh he came to the practice facility today to like watch his practice he coaches a high school team out here small world
2: is he from Minnesota? No, his
1: wife, his wife's from here, and they moved a bit down here and he got a job coaching, you know, uh, some kids, which is really cool. And it was it was kind of cool to connect with him for a little bit. That was a uh, felt like he was like the last time I saw you, man, he's like, You were like running around the practice facility like fifth, fourth grade. I was like, Yeah, I know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a
2: crazy world. Just to finish that conversation because I don't want to get too far away from it. Do you who has your vote? You said Joel has your vote? I would
1: give it to Joel this year. I think Joel and B should be mvp but i am not like under this i'm not under the assumption that like if Jokic wins something's wrong or something's flawed or like
2: because this is his best season out of the last three and he's won the mvp the last two years and yeah. he's having a better year this year yeah so it's tough i think this might be the toughest toughest year to pass it up. yeah
1: i don't i'm not the biggest you know i <sighs> I also just don't care, man. I, I I never care about the MVP. I never care about the awards, man. A lot of it's just dependent on how the usage of the player, and it doesn't mean a player is the best in the NBA. It really doesn't. There's, I, if you ask me who's the best player in the NBA right now, I still would say Steph or KD. They they're not in the race for the MVP. You uh, know, I, you know, Jokic also has to get past the second round. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Joel Embiid has to go to the finals. You know. Giannis is the only one that's been there and done it and succeeded. You know, there's a lot of variables that go into this, you know, who, who should win, you know, what pressures are on all three of them in the postseason? you know, even JT got his team to the finals uh, last year. I don't know, man. Who do you have winning?
2: I I have no problem with any, th- any of the three winning it. I just wanted to go against the Jokic thing for a second, see how you felt about it, but let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll talk about Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green's beef.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: So I know you saw the Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green beef. I did. I love it. Draymond on his podcast last night went off. What do you how do you, whose side are you on? Are you on a side?
1: No, because neither or do I really care for in terms of like their comments. I, I I don't think either of them were right about their comments. I don't like what Dylan said about Draymond. And I personally am not a fan of what Draymond said about Dylan. Uh, you know, anytime sometimes words can be so sharp and so too much that it could actually have an effect of a man's pockets or how ways people look at somebody. And I think when Dylan opened that door, you know, you put Draymond on any other team, he's not going to do well. He's not this, he's not that he's overrated, blah, 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 can't shoot, can't drip. Everybody says this stuff about Draymond. We know that he's not a high uh, offensive scoring talent. This is this, but that's not where he gets his, that's not where his impact is made. Saying that in a contract year for him is definitely going to spark a feeling, and obviously, if you when you heard Draymond's response, his resume is so decorated that someone like that, of course, would feel so offended. Um, and then for him to turn around and do the wrong thing, exactly what Dylan did, which I felt was wrong because Dylan was wrong, um, and say, you know, the reason why Memphis will never be in a championship contention is no. You know, don't look any further than that idiot. That, I mean, that's, they both I just think cross the line. I, first off, if you either or have something to say to each other, say it on the court, man. Just keep it on the court, bro. I'm not with the whole, let's go on our platform and just talk crazy about the other to the point where it's so disrespectful. It could like even seek into somebody's pockets being less. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm not, I just, I don't, I, I wouldn't a fan of it. I love that there is a rivalry. Be- I don't like saying rivalry between the two teams because one's far superior than the other one, but. There is a lot of animosity between two teams, those teams. And it seems like Memphis has that with a lot of teams, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's, you know, uh, our team. uh, It's definitely something with the Warriors. And I think the Warriors just don't like how Memphis feels about themselves and how they walk around with their chest out. They don't I think they don't like that. Uh, You obviously saw Clay. Clay had the best clip of the entire season. When he shot that mid-range shot or a three-pointer, I, I forget which one it was, over Dylan. Dylan falls backwards on his ass, and Clay is literally shuffling, <laughs> yeah. shuffling for like five to ten feet next to him, just talking. Cr- that is that's that's what I like though. I would rather it be that, right, direct, than it be within it, the It meeting. does
2: feel. I agree. They cross the line, and when people cross the line, and, and any kind of argument, whether it's Two friends that you know, and they cross that line, and it gets a little weird where they say those things that you can't take back. It is, it does get a little nasty. I don't like that. Yeah, it just, it got, those
1: both of them got like a little too nasty, man. Like that, you would never hear that guy play for another team. He sucks, can't do this, this, this. And then this guy's called him an idiot. He's, he's the reason that the, the, the tra- the championship run starts when they get rid of him. Like that stuff's just like, it just seemed a little too much for me both well, ways. When you're... I just didn't really like it either side.
2: When you're Dylan Brooks, when you're Dylan Brooks or whoever, and you start kind of a beef and you say these things about someone, should you make sure that maybe your resume is better than that other person? I don't because know. The, no. Draymond's no, instantly no. going to look at him and say, well, okay, so for example, Dylan Brooks, he hangs his hat on defense and that's what he is. Draymond Green is multiple Defensive Player of the Year winner. So you're over here saying, this guy's not this, this guy's not that. Everything you're trying to beat for this team, Draymond paved the way almost for you to be that, the way he is with the Warriors. and his Yeah, Dylan, so-
1: Dylan's a better scorer. Dylan's, Dylan's definitely more of a score-forward player, though. Draymond only gets this or slack because offensively, skill-wise, it's not high in terms of just two areas, his dribbling and scoring. And he he, that others are people who like look at him because he's obviously like a highly touted guy all-star this 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 he's probably going to be a first probably a hall of famer and some guys are like man that guy can't even play if he went on that team on the warriors and you put him on another team where he's not surrounded by the greatest shooters of all time what can he really do to draymond's point at the end of the day there's a million guys that you could put in draymond's role and they would not have the impact draymond has uh draymond is tailor-made to a team, but that's no different than 99% of the NBA. I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast before what Dylan said, doesn't make sense because I don't know where he would be on another team. Everybody in the NBA is situational except the top 0.1% of the NBA. So, I mean, him saying that just didn't really mean much to me because I'm just like, well, I mean, there's a lot of teams Draymond could play for that he'd have a huge impact for there probably are teams that Draymond would play for where he'd be bad. I know this because there's teams that I've played for where I've been really good. And then there's teams that I played for and the situation is not really meant out for me to do anything. And I haven't played my best. Like there's the situations, everything. So I, I don't think that's a, a slack on Draymond and Draymond doesn't hang his hat on scoring or shooting. So like people saying that stuff about him, it's just, it doesn't resonate or mean anything because Draymond's not out there to hit threes. Why would he, he has the two best three point shooters ever on his team. He's out there to get them open, find them control the defense and he's like the spirit animal. He's a he's the the vocal spirit of that team. I mean, that's just what he has. Uh, so that's that's what his impact is. I you know I, again, that's why we already both are in a unanimous a unanimous <laughs> consensual agreement that they both are wrong. They both
2: fucked up. They shouldn't have said Absolutely. that stuff. I will, and and I'm and he's definitely going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah I, I, Green. But, and people are not going to like it. But Ben Wallace just made the Hall of Fame, and his it's not even, numbers there—it's not, not, not even five, not even, ten, and one—not yeah, It's even one. for debate. So Draymond
1: it's, will 100% win. Yeah. It's, besides the fact that he's won rings, he's won four of them. Yeah, it's a ring. It's a, 100% it's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. People are going to be upset about it. Yeah, yeah it's a, well, that's well—that's just people not knowing basketball. He's not only was he that uh, uh, he won four rings; they wouldn't have won without him. In some of them, you know, like Draymond was huge. In fact, everyone likes to talk about how Draymond is overrated, but then are so quick to turn the script when they talk about LeBron Cavs team winning. Well, if LeBron, if, if Draymond would have got suspended that one game, the, the, the Warriors would have won. Well, I thought Draymond wasn't that important. I thought Draymond couldn't, I thought he wouldn't have big, that, you know what I mean? So it's just people like to pick and choose with Draymond. Uh,
2: That's a really good point, but I will say LeBron did have 41 when Draymond didn't play. And then the next game in game six, when Draymond played, LeBron had 41. But I do agree that people <laughs> do say that all the time. That's a quick something for you there. I just wanted to say. Because people do say that a lot. In 2016 is one of my favorite NBA seasons ever. So uh I do obviously people that's a good point. People talk out of both sides of their mouth there. Draymond isn't good. I you know, do like, Draymond's again, guy. I'm all for
1: for a little bad blood in the NBA, a little drama. Uh I I I love a little animosity between two players. Then
2: but then you loved Luca and Devin Booker getting into I it. Lo- I love that.
1: I love I love that those two guys got into it. I just don't like. When it spills over off the court, if you want to say something subtle, like what Luca said, like listen, if you want to talk, wait till after, you know, don't wait till three seconds after the game. Something quick like that, that's cool. You know, Devin says his little thing, whatever, that's cool. I don't have no problem with the way those guys are handling their beef. It seems like they get it out on the court, no problem. I don't like when people are like going on rants, talking about people. It's like after the game when they asked me about Mo Bamba, I didn't have anything negative to say about the guy. I don't have anything negative to say about the guy. I don't have anything negative. I have. I don't wish him any ill will. We had a moment that didn't go well when they asked about me. I said one little smart comment and I kept it pushing. You know what I mean? Like we both even went to our our social media and said stuff and I took it down because I I felt like it was in the wrong. And my people were telling me, yo, I know you feel a certain way, but like, this isn't the right way to do it. And even that was in a moment where I was like, all right, you know what, if I had to say anything or if I need to say anything, I'll say it to the person itself. And usually within a couple of days, you feel stupid and you realize you would never say these things to that guy because it's not even worth it. So I'm not the biggest fan of them both going out of their way to, to talk shit about each other, especially to the level that they did, uh, where you're like really dissecting someone's game and talking about how they're not good. Like, bro, just just keep just keep hooping, man.
2: Yeah, the Warriors just got Steph back. They played a night? They played a you know, night, right? Yeah, yeah, those two played a night, yes. That'll be interesting. But the, War- the Warriors just got Steph back. They're trying to figure things out, make this playoff you know play- playoff run. And the last thing they need is more drama. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like it just adds more negativity to what's already going on over there. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw, did you saw when Draymond didn't get the ball from Jordan Poole and he turned
0: around. Yeah, that was
1: crazy. That was crazy because that that was a moment of not just one play. That is a built up of something, of frustration. You don't just like quit on a play and walk away like that.
2: It's almost as if that he punched him a few months ago or something. <laughs> i'm just saying there's there's just so much going on over there let's just be honest i can't wait one day we'll find out everything but yeah the, you know when I mean? they
1: when they do a 30 for 30 on the warriors or uh
2: last dance there'll be a jordan pool there'll be a jordan pool segment stuff mouth. yeah there'll, there'll
1: be a whole segment on that when they do the last dance warriors on their dynasty and what they've been able to build there'll, there'll be a little segment i guess on that we'll get to get all the tea. Because uh, right now it's all speculation. We don't know what's going on. They keep everything pretty ziplock tight over there. And I don't have any, sure. I don't have any insight of that.
2: Uh, elsewhere around the NBA, the Knicks have been on fire. The East, I feel like obviously this you know the Bucks and the Celtics are the two best teams. Sixers are right there. What team out of these teams would you be more afraid of the play out of the Knicks, Heat, Cavs, or Sixers? Six- if you Sixers, were, Sixers, why they have the best? It's not even close. Okay, then Heat, Knicks, Cavs. Who would be be the most afraid to play in a playoff series? Heat,
1: Knicks, Cavs. I think out of those three teams, the best team is the Knicks. Out of those three. I haven't seen a lot. Uh, And I've always... I love, like, the foundation and culture of Miami. It's always been a place I've always wanted to play. I just feel like I'd fit in there. But I just don't know this year their team. I haven't seen, like, the same Miami team that we've seen in previous years. So I don't know if I'd put them up there. The Cavs are extremely talented. I just... I don't know. I like New York's home presence and how they play at the Madison Square Garden. I like with how well they're playing. I'd give them the slight edge over Cleveland. So I I would say out of those three teams between Cleveland, Miami, and and New York, I'd say the Knicks have the best team. With that being said, neither of them will beat the Philly or Boston or Milwaukee for sure in a seven-game series. So all this is just really obsolete. I mean, I'm happy that the Knicks have... Uh, a good team. I think it's better when the Knicks are good in basketball, just like with the Lakers.
2: Everyone love everyone loves it when the Knicks are good. That,
1: that's good. I mean, the Knicks are good in basketball. The Lakers are on its way back with some of the pieces they've been able to acquire. They look a lot better. I think the Knicks um, are a good team. Do I think they're just better than the other three or the top three of the East? No, I just and I I just don't even think it's close. I really don't. I I see a first round or second round exit for all those teams. I mean, it's at the end of the day the, the East. Everyone knows. I'm not saying anything out of pocket here. It, it's either going to be the Bucs, the Sixers, or the, or the Celtics. And right now, the favorite would probably be Celtics or Bucks, with, with Philly right there behind in third. I mean, that's that's just the way it goes. And in the West, no one really fucking knows. No one knows. The West is wide open. The East is a little bit more top-heavy. I don't, I don't know who's going to come out the West. What's Phoenix going to be like? How are their uh, uh, stars going to play together in the playoffs? More importantly, how is who's going to step up as role players for them? They gave a lot up for Kevin. Uh, how's Jokic and that team going to perform after being the top seed in the West in the playoffs? How far would they go? You know, how will Jamal, Michael play in the playoffs? You know, every team has questions. Uh, Kyrie, Luka, uh, us, you know, what hap- Is Carl coming back? When Carl comes back, how well is he going to fit in with Rudy? You know, how well is Ant going to play again in the playoffs? You know, how, how deep can we go in a run? Uh, it, I, there, I feel like there's questions with every single team in the West where the East, you know, exactly who the Celtics are. You know exactly who the Bucs are. You know exactly who Philly is. Where in the West, I feel like you have a lot of teams really still trying to figure it out, which is why you see the third seed through 11 is decided between two to three games. And all of us are like barely 500. It's not like we're having like monumental uh, seasons as a team. Like every other game we lose or win, lose or win. It's been a really up and down year for the Western Conference. And I think no one is clear cut coming out of the West. Like, if Jokic, if, if the Nuggets lost second round, would this be huge upset? Like, no, bro. If they lost to Phoenix, if they lost to Golden State, who's going to be a seventh? What, what, if, what if
2: they play Golden State in first the first round? round and they they, they could
1: easily lose, and nobody can say it's an upset. It's the, the, the Warriors won last year. They have the same team back minus a couple pieces. I, I don't even, you know what I mean? So I, I just, I really don't know. Everything in the West is dependent upon seeding. Everything's dependent upon seeding. Who matches up with who and who has the best path to the finals. Like the Nuggets could end up with the first spot, playing the the the, the Warriors first round. That'd be it'd be insane. Even if they play the Lakers, if they play the Lakers first round, and AD's healthy and LeBron's healthy and DeLo's healthy, that team's like fully loaded. That is not a team that you'd want to play first round the playoffs. It's like LeBron James in the playoffs, fully healthy with AD and that whole team, and they got momentum behind them. And like you said, the league's a better place with the Knicks. The league is damn sure a better place with the Lakers when they're good. You're playing eight on five every night. I can promise you that. When you play the Lakers, you're not getting any damn calls. Like that. that's, that's, that's not the easiest series to be in. So I, I don't know. I don't know who's coming out the West. It's anybody's game.
2: Last week, we talked about a couple things. I got a lot of good feedback on you being annoyed with people that double dip and drinking after one another. I'll, I want to introduce a segment. Could we do Austin's pet peeves? Is there anything else that that really gets on your nerves that you might want to air out really quick Jesus. because I think that's when that's my favorite Austin my favorite Austin is an annoyed Austin and, and when you start telling me when you go off about something that really bothers you
1: I mean I have a lot of pet peeves man a lot of things bother me I don't I don't even know where to start on this one
2: you know what I want you to do I want you to throughout the week and just have like a write it in your notes in your phone like something that bothers you and then that way you could just introduce it on the pod My,
1: my, my fiance, my fiance plays the worst fucking music that you could ever, her, her taste in music is so bad. I will give her this. She has a couple artists that we like both can actually listen to together and enjoy. But like when she has the ox, I don't know what it does to my mood, but it just like, I just, it drains my energy, man. I I just, I don't, I don't like her music at all. She just doesn't at a party, bro. You give her the ox and you're really rolling the dice there with the energy of the party. Uh, she's dead. That's definitely a pet peeve of mine. It's she just keep her the fuck away from the ox. (laughs) Do
2: you think, do you think it's a, she's a little younger than me. She is. She's a a lot, she's a lot
1: younger than me. And it's just one of the, listen, there's a lot of benefits of dating someone a lot younger than you. And there's a lot of, you know, there's the other side of it. That's definitely on the other side. Some of the stuff that she it's a generation. It's absolutely a generation thing. I'm, I, you know, I'm, it's a Saturday night. It's 11 o'clock. I'm playing a little bit of T-Pain, a little Ja Rule. She's getting the vibes right. Everybody's happy, and she throws on, you know, uh, a little, little, you know, little Dookie. I I don't, I don't, I don't don't know who she's playing, bro. And I try to enjoy and listen to it. And the music is is just, I can't. I
2: I just can't. That's my biggest weakness in music. I would say is current hip hop. I can listen to old school hip hop. I can listen to. Almost anything else. Definitely 80s, 90s R&B guy. That's my favorite. I can do current hip-hop. Hi- hip-hop I can
1: do current hip-hop. I, I, I like current hip-hop. There's just a line. Just There's not, just a line. There's a line. There's a line. There's a line. Not, it's
2: not. I, I just need to listen to music that's a little bit relatable. I, it, it, that's why everyone, whether you love Drake or not, let's be honest. The guy was talking about relatable things. And I need, and R&B is relatable to everybody. Some of this hip hop, I just can't. I don't feel comfortable in good faith, even rapping some of those lyrics in the car. I just it wouldn't even <laughs> come it wouldn't, it wouldn't look right coming out of my mouth.
1: I don't I don't mind it. I I, I also have to listen to it because I'm in the locker room every day and this is what's played before games. But they'll play stuff and I'll start nodding my head and they love in the locker room when I nod my head because like, oh I also likes it. I also likes like a lot of the stuff they play, I'll be like, yo, what is this? But then sometimes they play stuff. I like a lot of the new artists, but there's a line and there's also just a mood to a to an environment that you should stick in. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's, I mean, that, I guess, that's, is that a pet peeve of mine? I got a lot of pet peeves, bro. I, I don't shake hands with people unless I, I really have to, or if I feel like if it it's in the benefit of me, I know that's a sick thing to say, but I just, germs are so everywhere. I just, I'm not a really big fan of that. I, 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 uh, I don't understand the point of following okay. someone
2: on Instagram. I have a, I have a question for you. You walk up to a group of six people, Everyone's like, "What's up, Austin? Do you have to go and shake no, six No, 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 no. That's the key. Can we just do? Oh, can we just do a, a one-size-fits-all wave? The key to, across the, key the board. The key
1: to that. The key to that is the key to, to getting out of that is to assert yourself immediately. Open happy hands. You go. You six, <laughs> six, six people are in a group, right? You walk up to them. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's <laughs> up, everybody? There's no hand now. Now there's not even an expectation to get a personal handshake because if you do one. If you shake one of, if you shake one, you person, have to go through. You got to go through, and then now you're that guy. How you doing? My name's Austin. How you doing? My name's Oz. How you doing? How you doing? I, I don't, I don't ever want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Just do a it, hey, it, everybody. it turns
2: into, it turns into like an adult duck, duck, goose. I don't know what's everyone <laughs> around the room just shaking everybody's hand. It's, I hate it. And I feel like the guys that are already shook are watching me shake the. It's,
1: it's too. If long. you say "What's up, if everybody?" A- or "Hello, everybody!" right out the gate. What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? It lets everybody know. Okay, he's introduced himself. He doesn't. We're not even going to go that. Le- and
2: that, that's and the hugs goodbye. Hugs goodbye. I can I just say bye to the entire room again. And just- but
1: this is something that you are pick and choose about. Because if it's a girl that you're attracted to, if it's a pretty girl who wants to give you a hug, you're going to lean in there and give one of those long ones where you embrace them. You embrace them. You might even get a little whisper in the ear.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I don't. That's, I don't think that. that if I'm leaving, a, if I'm leaving a place and I want to give someone a special goodbye, I'll, I'll we'll sneak that in. But I'm not going to go around hugging everybody goodbye. To, as a matter of fact, I usually Irish goodbye. And I, 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 and I don't
1: I'll, like Irish goodbyes, man. I don't like when someone texts text home. the
2: homeowner and say, thank you for having me. Let me know if I owe you anything for the food and drinks. I'm, there's no way I'm saying bye to a million people.
1: No, I would say. I, and then they're trying, to, and they're trying to get you to stay. I would say bye to the, to the person who's starting the function and leave.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. But, but then they'll make you stay. Those no, are the guys man. that
1: definitely. Have I ever made you stay?
2: Well, I think I'm. I'm crucial to any party you're throwing. If I leave, the vibe leaves. So I think, yeah, you'd make me stay. <laughs>
1: I will say this. You are a vital piece to, to, to the parties that so I throw. I
2: appreciate body. that. As long as I keep getting that invite, especially to Miami during All-Star break, then... I don't understand the point well. of
1: someone following someone on Instagram and then continually neg- comment negative stuff. You ever like go on your Instagram or like, someone will comment something negative and you'll click their page and they follow you. I'm like, so you follow me to talk... Negative about I I would never understand that and and also on the flip side actually I don't even know either way going on like going on someone's page you don't even follow or don't even know so I don't even understand uh, like the, the comfort of people have of just like talking to you especially if they follow you it's just like I don't I don't even get that what is that is that like a
2: have you ever made have you ever made a finsta a fake Instagram to snoop around on Instagram or not because it just sucks if you want to see someone's Instagram story when they look to see who viewed it it'll say Austin rivers with like a blue verified check. And maybe you want to see someone's story without having your, your name in there. Has that ever happened to you?
1: No, I don't have fence to, I mean, a lot of people have fence to, for two reasons to move around in a way that we both know what I'm talking about, or B people just have it just so they could post stuff to their friends only. Uh, Cause they don't want it to be on their page. Cause they don't want to be judged whether they're, out with the friends drinking or a lot of times it's just funny memes. Like people just see stuff and post it on their story, but it's not something you want to be associated with your brand or with yourself. You know what I mean? So that that's usually what Finsta was originated for. Or if you know, trying to talk to girls, whatever, whatever, like people go on Finsta, like that's like a normal thing. I don't have Finsta. I know everyone has one. You know, uh, my friends have it. I, I don't know. My fiance has it. I, I, I don't have one. I, I don't need one. I don't want one. I don't I have no reason to be on one.
2: Do you have a song, speaking of music, that you play that automatically puts you in a good mood? What is your happy song?
1: I don't know if I have one. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's because every time if I do have a song that makes me happy, if I listen to it in a bad moment of time, now that song is synonymous. Now it's, 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 it's part of that moment. Uh, do you understand? I can take a, a happy song it could end up in a bad, bad, you know what I mean? It could turn into a not happy song because now that song I remember the last time I listened to this I remember I was down bad now now I'm thinking of that time again. Do you understand what I'm saying?
2: You but you love G Unit. I want to get to know you. I've heard you play that a million times, so that's got to be a happy song for you.
1: G Unit, I want to get to know you <laughs> is a sleeper. <laughs> it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper song at any vibe. You play that at a at at like a any type of vibe with a lot of women around. It's a very smooth song. Shout out to Lloyd Banks who kills it, wherever you are. I, uh, yeah,
2: I'm a I'm a big I'm a big early 2000s guy. You know that. Yeah, this is actually a true story. One time, Courtney Lee, who was playing for the Knicks at the time, he asked me to. He said, "Hey man, you're really good at you know 90s R and B and all that stuff. Can you put together a big playlist, 100 songs of your favorite 90s R and B songs?" So I sent it to him. Didn't hear anything. I didn't know what it was for. I thought maybe it was on a date or something. I don't know. And then, like. The next day, he said, can you add 20 more songs to that? I was like, all right, what is this for? He goes, man, I've been DJing for the Knicks team playing. And they are loving it, man. They need more. So for a little while, I was ghost DJing the New York Knicks (laughs) team playing. And I, I, I was very hyped about that when I found out I was doing that.
1: The last time I saw you DJ was when we were at a party in L.A. And the weekend was there. It was the most random mix of celebrities that i've ever been a part of i remember too short was there g easy was easy was there somewhere the weekend came with a bunch of people
2: nav nav was in there
1: i remember you got so because you were you were controlling the music at this vibe and when they walked in there you got so uptight i remember you locked yourself in a bedroom sweating (laughs) Because I remember one time I checked on you. <laughs> sweat. You're making up the I'm sweating. You were sweating. sweating. You were absolutely a wreck. I wasn't sweating. You were a wreck. This is, and first, you were like, can hey, I play the all... weekend? Can I play the weekend? Well, you think I'm doing too much? Should I play that? Like, I, can I play Nav's music? Or does he think I'm like, am I, am I, am I dick riding if I play his music? Like, what am I, that's,
2: That was you. Okay, so this is what happened. First of all, I'm at, I was at the party to have a good time. All of a sudden, I'm, a, I'm assigned work. I'm DJing, which is fine. I used have some go-to playlists. I could you know, just let it run when you see musicians go in there, especially guys like The Weekend, you, you got to start thinking, okay, can I play Drake? Is he beefing with Drake? Uh, what, what if you play a song and the, musician, <laughs> the guy's jeez, he doesn't like it? And, then you're, and I don't want to play their music. And it is actually kind of stressful. Who oh, gives so a fuck? They're, they're I at our playing.
1: party, though. They were at our party. I,
2: I, had to, I had to lock in and play just the, the right stuff. And I would, I would play a song, peek my head out of the room, see if people were kind of vibing, rapping along to it. I played, I remember I played some Tupac and people really liked it. Very safe pick.
1: Assigned to to work, by the way, is comedy.
2: (laughs) Well, my night, true or false, was my night ruined?
1: Yeah, it was. You were having a good time until those people came and you got stressed out. I, I don't even remember what happened
2: to you after that. What would you play if there were guys in there? Like just those just guys in there. music that everyone what likes, music?
1: they're either going to nod to it or not. I mean, how many times do I go somewhere and see a basketball player or an artist or someone that I personally might not like? I got to deal with it. It's not like I'm like, yo, DJ, cut that shit off. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are we going to do here? Like, what are you talking about?
2: Do you know what the worst? You know what the worst thing you ever could hear when you're DJing? Maybe even like silently DJing. No one knows you're the one playing the music. When someone randomly goes, "Who's playing the music?" and you know it's you, and they're mad or they have requests. It's the worst feeling. I just give up. I give up the sticks immediately. I'm like, ahead, I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a
1: big request guy. Like, if I got the ox, just leave me the fuck alone. You've already given me the ox. If you want a request, and why don't you take the responsibility of playing your songs? It's another pet peeve. It's right.
2: <laughs> another pet. Market. <laughs> you keep going now. Yeah. The, <laughs> the growing list, the growing list the growing
1: of list, pet peeves of Austin. I do like that segment. We'll have Austin because I have so many of them. I'm naturally a. You're
2: the Larry, you're the you're the NBA's. Larry I am
1: David. I am the Larry David of the NBA, and there's no doubt about it. I am naturally a miserable person when it comes to a lot of different things what people do. There's a lot of things that people do that drive me fucking crazy. And I don't even know another, like I don't even know a nice way to say that. Because I'm not even like a I'm a very laid-back guy. I'm I'm not a I'm not a controversial guy. I stick in my own lane. Everybody knows I just do my own thing. I'm a loner. I have the same friends I had since high school. With this being said, I am just one of those guys that like, I just have a standard about how things I feel should move or go. And I just see people do things continually every day, the wrong way. And a lot of, a lot of this stuff bothers me. Uh, There's a lot, there's a lot of things I have. I mean, we'll get into the next episode. There's a, there's a, uh, if I go into a girl's bathroom, if I'm talking to a girl and I go to a girl's bathroom and I don't see wipes, I'm out of there. First, first thing, first thing, first things first, I'm out of there. It's a must. It's a must. And some, some girls are like, oh, what are you talking about? That is so disgusting, bro. You're using just tissue, bro? Here's a concept. Here's a concept. Here's a concept, right? Let me put this concept. I need to, I need to be on the lookout for wipes. Put, put, when put I go. peanut butter. Put, put, put peanut butter. Pe- listen, put peanut butter on your arm, grab tissue, and wipe the peanut butter, right? Will your arm still smell like peanut butter? Yeah. There's There's no difference. There's no difference. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's a, it's automatic. I think we should all... For all I think ladies we should that are all, listening to this, think, wipes are a absolute must in your bathroom. I, I, I'd like to see that you have actually storage of them. Like you have packs on top of packs that haven't been opened yet. Like, yeah, these are packs I'm going to get into, obviously. The, if I don't see wipes, I, I had a family emergency. I got to go.
2: I, I know... Listen, I know that when nature calls, you can't really time these things, but I think we should all do better at I'm not saying that you have to before, keep a back I'm, saying,
1: before, I'm not saying you have to keep like a I'm spare saying, wipe. I'm, I, I don't, I, I, think I don't think should. anybody's walking around with spare wipe. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying you should always have at your home. For instance, I don't like to, I don't like to handle my business anywhere, but home. Like it's really hard for me to do it. Like I'll, I'll sit, nah. I'll sit in a, in my I, car with a stomach ache going 80 down the freeway to make it home before I stop at a Walgreens and 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 I'm I'm and I'm in like deep in a random Walgreens bathroom. Like I, I'm not gonna be that guy. But if if again you can't control, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But if I'm home and I don't like, but if I'm bro, if, well, if, imagine dating a girl and going to her going in her bedroom and like going to the bathroom and like there's no wipes. I would be like,
2: oh. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? No, no. Listen, what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. We should do. Just do I need to go further? to than time. <laughs> Should we try to time these things before a shower? If you're gonna go and you know it's something's gonna that's, go down. That's, that's a good plan. Let's try to mix in a shower after. I'm just that's saying a I think good everyone plan. Should do that.
1: That's a good plan if you can. But sometimes you don't have time for the shower. Wipes are an automatic thing. Okay. A rinse? You can't give me a rinse? Like you like just go get go get a, like a washcloth and like get in there? Like, what are you talking about?
2: No, I mean like if you do it in your home, just jump in the shower for yeah, a while. Yeah, you quick can rinse.
1: do that. I'm saying though, but.
2: I'm not. I'm not asking for a thorough
1: washdown. I'm saying like a little rinse. That would be best rinse. case scenario. That would be best case scenario. But they should still have wipes. It's just a telling sign. It's a telling sign. I need to look for wipes. I need it's to a telling sign that when you go down there. You know things might not be all culture. You
2: you go through medicine cabinets too. You want to I'm make not sure with on, Maybe listen, on. listen.
1: If I see a bunch of pill bottles, if I if I if I'm at someone's house and there's ten pill bottles on the counter, will I like peep at one to make sure I'm not dealing with uh, Sybil. Maybe.
2: I have a question. You and me took a sprinter from Miami to Orlando. It was a four hour ride. Yep. And after 30 minutes, if we had to go to the bathroom, you were going to hold it for three hours. I, that is unhealthy.
1: I wouldn't hold it for three hours. You're thinking what I told you. I told you, if it's an extreme situation and I have to do what I have to do, that's fine. It's a rare situation. It's a rare, very particular situation. And even then, do you know what I'd stop I, I, on the way home? I would be Googling a resort or something nearby where I know
2: those are consistently clean seats. You know that you're gonna go if you had to go to the bathroom somewhere. Yeah, you gotta go, bro. I've got it be, all types probably of Probably I've got be, in a park. But before. I'm saying
1: I've got it. Pro- <laughs> not in a park. At a park bathroom. <laughs>
2: Phelps Park. Phelps Park. Shout out to Phelps Park. I have a I have a question, Austin. I have a question. Do you remember when we did pull over to get pizza? Um, Robert Rob Bluen. Yeah, he he, he did like
1: day. a random walk away from the from everybody. He went to walk we away. We all knew what he was doing. What? We all knew what he went to go do. I I, I didn't. He went any, to de- even with the Denny's. Is, he did it at a Denny's. Denny's, Denny's.
2: Denny's. He walked into a Denny's and did it. I don't mind.
1: You would look for a Starbucks at least. Ugh, no. Places are packed. It's going to be cleaner than a Denny's, man. Places are packed. You go to IHOP at lunch, no one's in there. You got the whole place to yourself. You understand know what I'm saying? You go to Starbucks, what is that place not packed? You're going to have a 12-year-old banging on the door asking to get in. You got someone looking through the little peephole crack. You know, in the stall, you make eye contact, you, you make that random eye contact. You ever you ever been handling your business and you like the this the worst second of your life, you like see someone's eyeball like looking through the crack, you're just like, yo, what's going on here? Why are we, you know, that I don't, I don't, I don't want any of these situations, man. It's the, most vulnerable, <laughs> it's the most vulnerable time as a man is going to the bathroom. There's not another more vulnerable moment in your life. Think about it. There's nothing else worse that you would not rather like, there's nothing else you'd rather be doing. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. There's so many other things you'd rather be doing than, yeah. than handling that business at a girl's house. That's like the worst thing you could do, bro, is, is take a shit at a girl's house. Unless it's like wifey. Like that's fucking like, especially if you're dating someone and your stomach's like, you're like, fuck, how do I do this?
2: All right. This is, listen, that's, that's I've been in that situation. I'm single. I've, I've been in that situation. I gotta go. You, know you do. I, if I I'm gotta like go. Dating a girl, I gotta go. I take a shower. I turn the shower on and then I do my you business. You really
1: think that. The, you came over there with your nice clothes on and everything, and they, you actually believe it. You're no, this, is like a, 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 this is like a, me and the girl are a, a mid- on a sleepover situation. And just all you're doing is steaming that thing up. The only thing, the only thing you're doing is putting a temperature on the shit. So now when they come into the bathroom after you think you need like a whole like steam and air out process for that to even work.
2: That's the- well, you're just hoping that shit doesn't go to the bathroom right after you. Whatever. It's tough. It's tough. All right. So, next, your next game is against Brooklyn tomorrow at home. Good luck. I love doing this pod with you and looking forward to speaking with you next week. What
1: is up with the gavel punch that you're just like knocking back? What is that? <laughs> oh, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, thank you, man. It's, it's always fun getting on here and talking with you. Uh, this one was all over the place, but it was, a, it was in a good way. I like that we covered a lot of different topics. I think people will have fun listening to this. I appreciate you, my guy.